This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lou, one thing I appreciate is your honesty. So tell me if Connor Bedard, was he benched? I think he could make that assessment, yeah. I love him. He's a, a generational talent. We focus always on offense, and I get why. But it's going to be your ability to deal with elite-level people on the other side that will be the difference between winning a gold medal here and not winning a gold medal here. This is the Rod Peterson Check Show. Check Hey, welcome everybody. Happy Thursday and back inside Rogers Place for another edition of your favorite daytime sports talk show. It is the RP Show coming at you on Game Plus Television and also live streaming for you people that, uh, for whatever reason, don't have Game Plus. Tisk tisk. We've got to change that, Lee Genier. Our COO joins us here and co-host. The ironic thing is we're sitting in the exact same spots that we were yesterday, 24 hours ago. But we didn't have this beautiful backdrop behind us 24 hours ago. Yeah, and that was just uh, obviously because we couldn't uh, have live game going on during our our show. Yeah, it was quarterfinal Wednesday, but uh, that's what's in our quick six show topics we're going to get to here right away. Uh, World Juniors on a day off, and we're very pleased to have Tyler Uremchuk joining us from Daily Faceoff. He's going to be joining us in segment two. He's here already. You, I'm sure Tyler knows it's the coldest rink known to man. And on the planet, but he's dressed for 30 degrees Edmonton weather, as are most. You've got shorts on, too. Yeah. I went in shorts today. Yeah. You'd think that I would get used to the fact that it's a hockey rink, not a shopping mall. But, oh, Nelly, is it cold in here in Rogers Place. Very happy to be here. Rob Geller is going to be with us uh, in hour two. He is the track announcer and race analyst from Woodbine as the 163rd running of the Queen's Plate comes up this Sunday. They've installed the favorite, by the way, and we're going to talk to you about that. There is a chance... I'm pretty impressed that we have our act together here today. We're all on the same page. How we got there, I'm not sure, but it's nice, right? We're all on the same page, and we might have we might have somebody from Team Canada joining us here in hour two, but it's their day off. It's Canada's day off, and uh, we saw the coach Dave, on our way in here. Yeah, Dave Cameron walking into the building. Looked like he, well, we didn't know he was going into the building. He was uh, across the street from the building. Oh. It looked like he was ready to have a day off. Yeah, and he probably, after last night, a bit of a scare. Let's call it that. I mean, it was a tough game. Yeah. 6-3, and uh, I think the, uh, the um, Switzerland played them tougher than they thought. So we're, we're getting it. Dave Cameron looked like a guy that, wanted, that needed a day off, is what I'm saying. And uh, Hockey Canada people said, we'll see, but it's a day off for the boys. And if they want a day off, you understand. We're like, hey, absolutely understand. So... We may have somebody, we may not. We can handle it regardless. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan? 
so much, so much for the predicted gold medal showdown between Canada and the USA here at the World Jays in Edmonton. The defending champion United States squad, who went unbeaten in the round robin, was bounced 4-2 by Cheshire on Wednesday here. was the late game that, thank you, TSN, I couldn't see it in my room at the River Creek because it was on channels 4 and 5. I didn't even see it. Uh, and, of course, in the other games, Canada beat Switzerland 6-3. Finland bounced Germany 5-2, and Sweden slipped by Latvia 2-1. So it's set up Friday's semifinals, which we will get to. But Peter Labardius here yesterday in this space said that there's always an upset on quarterfinal Wednesday. There's always one. And we had to wait until the night game to get it, and it was Cheshire knocking off the United States 4-2. So we're kind of cheering for Cheshire. You saw those that are watching on YouTube saw a clip with Andre Pavlik from yesterday's show. I'm kind of becoming a Czech fan because of him. Latvia is out, so there's no more darlings left anymore. So now it's Canada versus the Czechs. And last night, Lee and I had occasion to be in one of the Hockey Canada suites. So we were watching the game with Hockey Canada. It was very much like watching parents watch their kids. They're just like, they were so on edge, right? Switzerland did not make it easy for Canada yesterday. No, and you know what? And I'm going to say that was a bonus because everybody likes to see a close game as I know everybody wanted to be a walk away, but you know what? Uh, I, w- I was happy the way it uh, it ended uh, with a close game. Right? Well, for you were, but I'm sure Hockey Canada would have been happy to be win at 11-1. Because it's not just about wanting to win the game, because this has happened before. Canada's lost in the quarterfinals at home, and all of a sudden the weekend just goes... They're going to lose money anyways. Canada's Hockey Canada is going to lose money, and the World Junior Committee is going to lose money anyways based on the attendance here. But if they weren't playing this weekend, it forget a, it. Yeah. No. yeah. Everything, all bets are being on Canada being the gold medal. Well, yes, absolutely. I'm enjoying the fact that, by the way, it's 2 p.m. Friday, so a nice early game uh, mountain, 4 p.m. Eastern Canada versus the Czechs on Friday. And obviously, I'll be cheering for Canada. But when you know guys on both teams, it makes it difficult, but it also makes it fun. And the other thing, and I don't know how much you want to weigh into this, but Peter Labardius finally broke the ice yesterday. And again, it was in the intro. Connor Bedard was benched Monday versus Finland and for the third period. And then yesterday, last night, he was held pointless. And you can tell he's being asked to play defense. He's never really done it before. And I don't think he thinks he has to play defense. I'll just put that out there. Uh, if you watch the power play, he was milling around the opposition blue line while his teammates were breaking out, and that's fine. And I'm sitting there thinking, I hope you're being told to do that by Mike Dick, the power play specialist with Team Canada. And I would assume Connor's not going to go off on his own program. Known him since he's 14 years old. I'm his biggest fan of anybody not named Bedard, but he hasn't gotten better as the tournament's gone along. No, well, and that, and that might be a product. You know why either he's... He is playing on uh, on uh, the power play, um, or or defending on the power play, because he's not putting up the numbers they thought he was. Like I was surprised that it was held pointless last night. Again, it was playing last. Right. So that's for those that may be looking for a storyline. If you are wondering why you should tune in this weekend, not the least of which is that Canada's still alive and looking to go unbeaten through this tournament. But you know, where, what does Connor Bedard do on this huge stage this weekend? And they're going to have to do what it. It looks like. Without Ridley, Greg, the star of the Brandon Weekings, the Ottawa Senators prospect, what are they saying? A shoulder separation, potentially? 
potential. Yeah, uh, so he's been one of the top three, probably best players for Canada in this tournament, and it doesn't look like he's going to be available this weekend. So those are some of the stories coming out of the quarterfinals on Wednesday. We'll obviously be talking a lot more about that with Tyler coming up, but we do have breaking news. Philly Moira was installed as the early five point five to two favorite. For the 163rd running of the $1 million Queen's Plate on Sunday, Moira's connection selected the number eight post in the 11-horse field during the race draw at Woodbine Racetrack. Ron Dewar, the three-to-one second choice, will break from sixth post. And Duke of Love, the five-to-one third pick, trained by multiple plate winner Josie Carroll, will go from the number five post. So get your Dark Horse app downloaded. Get ready to watch the Queen's Plate on Sunday because it's nearly sold out. A lot of our viewers across Canada aren't going to be able to go, but you can wager on it through Dark Horse Bets. I will be. Lee will be. I said get familiar with the names of the horses. Have you got an early favorite based on the names yet? Yeah, Dancing in Denial. That's Dancing a- in Denial. That's going to be Lee's horse. How Let's about that? Go. I still want to do a little more studying. I have until, uh, what's post time? Mid to late afternoon on Sunday. I still got a few days to figure out who I'm putting my money on. But the 163rd running of the $1 million Queen's Plate is back this Sunday. The first jewel of the OLG Canadian Triple Crown of Thoroughbred Racing is North America's oldest continuously run stakes event, showcasing Canada's top three-year-old thoroughbreds is the highlight of Woodbine's Queen's Plate. Purchase your tickets today to enjoy all that Woodbine Racetrack has to offer during the Queen's Plate at woodbine.com. Moving on. That was breaking news there. So point two is this. The Toronto Blue Jays open a four-game series against the Yankees in New York tonight, hoping to build off a spirited 6-1 win over the Orioles on Wednesday at Rogers Center. The Jays snapped a three-game losing streak and also beat the Orioles for the first time in six attempts. Righty Jose Barrios will start for the Jays today, while the Yankees will send righty Frankie Montas to the hill. And you see Yusei Kikuchi has been moved to the bullpen, so John Schneider's not standing pat with what the Blue Jays are or aren't doing. They are holding the final wildcard spot in the American League right now. Let's hope Lee, they're through the slump. And, well, obviously, huge coming up with the Yankees here this weekend. And then the Red Sox next week, right? This is a – let's hope that they don't slump again. Yeah, that's – Huge eight games coming up. Yeah, uh, I've, the home stretch has pretty much started now. The playoffs have almost started now, uh, as far as I'm concerned. By the way, it's Thursday. Got to tell you from Edo Japan with freshly made food and high quality ingredients. Edo Japan is food you can feel good about. Did you feel good after eating lunch there? Yeah, yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, and the thing is, I eat there for lunch, and I'm frankly, I'm filled up for the rest of the day. Yeah, you know, I, I came back from the hockey game, and I was thinking, I'm not hungry, and then. I remembered we had Edo of Japan. Yes, great value, a lot of food, and you can feel good about it at Edo Japan. There's breaking news today from the Canadian Football League. Running back James Wilder Jr. of the Edmonton Elks says his CFL season is over. JWJ wrote on his Instagram account that he's been told his 22 campaign is done, and the only way he can resume playing is to undergo surgery. The six foot three, 232 pound back. Rushed for 124 yards on 28 carries this season. So he was little used, but it's a big deal because James Wilder Jr. has been a very uh, popular player in the Canadian Football League since he came up to the Argos a few years ago. I love the guy. He's been awesome to us. Sad news for the Elks. What do you think this... Does this mean much to their season, though? Because he wasn't being used a whole lot. Yeah, they weren't using him in hardly at all. So uh, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting with the Elks in, uh, in Ottawa. This week. Nice segue, Lee, because as we move into point three already, 
We're going to play CFL Deal or No Deal for our exclusive betting partner, BetRegal.ca. The betting lines are posted right now at BetRegal.ca. And if you can do me a favor, go sign up right now for a free account. You can play the sports book for free. Please sign up, BetRegal.ca. I don't ask you for much, but I ask you to do that with BetRegal, our exclusive betting partner. So this is what we do every week. We look at the betting lines, and I put it to my co-host. Are you going to take the bet or not? Are you ready? I'm good. Friday Let's night, go. the first of the doubleheader. The Edmonton Elks are at the Ottawa Red Blacks. The Red Blacks are favored by 4.5. Are you taking that bet? No. I am not taking What do you think happens? I think the Eskimos come out and put on a show and they beat. How about that? And Edmonton upset in Ottawa, says Lee Genier, not taking the bet. Friday night, Canada's game of the week. Nathan Rourke and the BC Lions visit the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and Cody Fajardo. The Lions are favored by five on the road. Deal or no deal? I'm taking the deal. Are you? You think the Lions roll in Sask? Yep. Uh, Hamilton and Montreal Saturday, the first of a doubleheader. The Alouettes are favored by three at McGill. Deal or no deal? Uh, No deal. I think the uh, Hamilton's on a bit of a roll, and uh, I'm with Hamilton. Matthew Schiltz, Schiltz Creek. Got to be getting the start. I would think for Hamilton for a second consecutive week, yeah. he'll have something to prove against his former team. I'm with you on that one. And the Calgary Stampeders in a rematch of the 1971 Grey Cup visit the Toronto Argonauts on Saturday. Stamps are favored by 2.5 at Toronto. Deal or no deal? Deal, I'll take that. Stamps will win? Yes. You homer, you. There's our deal or no deal. And, of course, you can wager on these CFL games at betregal.ca, our exclusive betting partner. Hey, River Cree brings you... River Cree brings you the best in live entertainment. November 12th, the Price is Right live shows come to River Cree. Here it comes. Everyone's favorite game show is on its way to you, along with a chance to win. The Price is Right live is the hit interactive stage show that gives eligible individuals the chance to come on down and play classic games from television's longest-running and most popular game show. Must be 18 years or older to enter or register. November 12th at River Cree. Get your tickets ahead of time and be part of the show. My fourth point of the quick six show topics here, Lee, remains football. All four CFL games last week, as I read the game notes for week 11, last week all were decided in the final three minutes, which is something the CFL should be proud of, and it was the highest scoring game uh, week of the season with an average of 59 points per game. My question to you is, why did this happen? Is it because of the rule changes specifically, or why was it such a close, high-scoring week? Yeah, I mean, it it could very well be, you know, with the open field that, you know, they were playing wide open football. You really saw that in the Calgary-BC game. So I would say it would have to do with some of the real changes for sure. Uh, It wasn't, definitely wasn't decided on the kicking because we saw that was moving those hash marks and has got, I've never seen so many missed field goals in in a season, especially to um, decide a game. So um, I'm going to go with the wide open wide open field in the hash mark so to end some of the rule changes for sure. well and there were nine specifically and to the naked eye you don't necessarily notice what those changes were but you see after a rouge or even after a field goal they're starting at the 40 yard line as opposed to the 35 you know how hard it is to gain a yard in this league five years uh five yards is significant yeah i mean that almost yeah i mean one one good pass puts you right into uh, in the opponent's territory, so I like it. It was the most exciting week of the season in CFL football, so they should be very happy about that, and we're very excited about the Week 11 games. Moving on. Oh, 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 oh. breaking news from the National Football League as I move to the NFL. Deshaun Watson 
reportedly has been suspended 11 games and fined $5 million after a settlement with the NFL. So, well, the independent arbiter, if we will, slapped his hands with six games. The NFL's come and hit him with an 11-game suspension and a $5 million fine. Whoa. Well, you know oh, what? That no. um, that will make that makes a huge statement for sure. And sounds like they knew him better than the independent arbiter Sue L. Robinson, uh, which obviously I have no issues with this at all. And last, well, point five is the NFL Thursday night of Chicago at Seattle. I should mention the poll question. Just lastly, the poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is: Which stud sophomore quarterback in the NFL will make the playoffs this year? There were five. Of them last year that were rookies, this Fab Five. Mac Jones of the Patriots was the only one to make the playoffs. These other four didn't. Which one will make the playoffs this year? The Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears. Trey Lance of the San Francisco 49ers. And who's the Zach Wilson of the New York Jets? Which of those makes the playoffs? Uh, I'm going to go with San Fran. With Trey Lance? Trey Lance. Last I saw, he's running away with it with over 70% of the vote. And we do have a moment. The CEBL, sixth and final point, the Canadian Elite Basketball League officially announced on Wednesday they are moving the Guelph Nighthawks franchise to the city of Calgary. This show broke the news to start the week. Uh, Lee, how does this rate on the Calgary sports scene? And for that matter, pro basketball in Canada. Yeah, I mean, obviously the a move to Calgary has been on, on the radar. Spent obviously three years in that league and that was on our radar from almost day one. And so I think one, it's a great facility to play out. Calgary's a big city. You've seen some of the comments on social media. And, you know, I think really good on the league. Uh, Guelph was really struggling attendance-wise. So look to the bigger market and, you know, look for an exciting game uh, and, a full, and a full barn in Calgary. Yeah, well, as far as our show goes, judging by social media impressions and media reaction, it's the biggest story that we've ever broken. The Guelph Nighthawks are moving to Calgary to begin the 2023 CEBL season. We'll see you back here in hour two. Look forward to it. All right, Tyler Uremchuk joins us next from Daily Faceoff to talk hockey. We're live from Rogers Place on a day off at the World Jays. We're on the Game Plus television network. Also live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Off day at the uh, World Jays, and that's why you see uh, practices going on. No games, but there are practices. I think Team Canada has a full-on day off. I'd have to check the schedule. But, uh, yeah, a very exciting World Junior quarterfinal on Wednesday. And just to go back again, Canada advanced to the semifinals with a 6-3 win over Switzerland. USA got bounced, losing 4-2 to Czechia. Last night and then earlier on, Finland beat Germany 5-2, and Sweden slipped by Latvia 2-1. So... It set up some pretty classic semifinals. Anyone with Canada in it is a classic. They'll face Cheshire, and then later on, it's Finland versus Sweden. And joining us to talk about all these is Tyler Uremchuk from Daily Faceoff, the Daily Faceoff. And uh, the guy is an Edmonton sports fixture. I'm happy that you came down here. How are you doing, Tyler? Great. I'm happy to be down here in the rink. It's a nice little setup, nice little reprieve from the heat outside as well. Yes, it is. It's hard to believe how hot it is outside. 
obviously not complaining being inside here talking hockey, but it is quite the contrast. You're right. And um, do you, did you feel the relief of Canada beating Switzerland, getting into the semis? Because it was closer than it should have been. But the Swiss almost always, like at every level, play Canada really tight in international <laughs> hockey. And every time it feels like we go into one of these matchups, we're like, ah, the Swiss will handle them easily. Then you get halfway through the game and it's like, oh, no, maybe we won't. Um, but yeah, like a, a little bit of relief. I mean, it would be nice if for the semis and the finals, this building got going a little bit more, yeah. I should say. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, before we delve deep into the World Jays and then obviously some Oilers talk and stuff, you have to tell our viewers about the Daily Faceoff and how you got involved because a lot of our viewers, daytime sports talk, are older. They're not necessarily right, reading the digital stuff, but the younger ones sure as heck know. Based by your numbers, they sure know. Yeah. Very popular Daily Faceoff. Was it started by Frank Cervelli? No, so Daily Faceoff has been yeah. around for a long time, but people always know it as the site you go to to get your line combinations and who's starting in net. That's always our big draw. It's a huge fantasy hockey tool and daily fantasy sports tool for people. And basically, you know, it's been a part of our company for a while, but when Frank came on board, we wanted to really push the written content side of it. We wanted to be a one-stop shop for every hockey fan, whether you want the line combos and the goalies for your fantasy team, or whether you want Frank's trade targets list, or Mike McKenna's breakdown of who's starting in net for every team on that on any given day. Matt Larkin is there as a full-time writer now as well, and our head editor. Um, so it's really grown into more than just a fantasy hockey tool, which is what people have known it for in the past, and now we're trying to make it the one-stop shop. You come there, no matter what you like about the sport of hockey, we have something for you. And it's wildly popular. Yeah, like we do a daily show as well at noon Eastern, and uh, that goes out as a podcast and all of that. And uh, we're trying to have sort of every angle covered from video shows to podcasts to, you know, TikTok and YouTube and Twitter content and things like that. Um, and it's been a great sort of first year really focusing on the content side of things. We're excited for next year. Do you have a city that you say that you're based out of, or is it literally just NHL-wide? Well, that's the interesting part. I mean, you with this show right now, right? You have guys back in Saskatchewan producing it for you and doing all that. The cool part when we put on a show is, you know, it's me and Edmonton doing sort of the day-to-day -day producing. We got a guy in Ottawa, then there's Frank in Philly, and Mike's in St. Louis, and Chris Gears in Vancouver. And the neat part about sports media now is you don't need a home city. You know, the internet's your home city in a yep. weird way. Yeah, absolutely. Trust me, yeah. I know it, and it's fantastic. So to that, what sense do you get from Edmonton hockey fans uh, for an appetite for these World Juniors? Clearly the crowds haven't been great, and there's a myriad of reasons for that. Is there an oiler hangover part of this, or why do you think we're not seeing bigger crowds? You know, that's interesting. I never thought about the Oilers hangover side of it, and last night I was chatting with some buddies, and they kind of brought that up. They were like, ah, hard to get excited for anything right now because we just want the Oilers back, right? The city's so crazy about the Oilers, obviously. Uh, but I think there's a handful of other reasons. It's so nice outside, and, you know, Edmontonians, you, you know it. We deal with cold weather 10 months of the year, so... When you get this heat wave in August, the last thing you want to do is sit in an arena and watch a tournament yeah. that's just kind of being wedged into the sports schedule. Right? Yeah, but having said that, they're watching on TV. Your and buddies are all watching, part. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and everyone's still talking about it. It's just it's hard to get people in the arena in August, I think. Um, although, with that being said, uh, Holinka Gretzky, when it was here a couple of years ago, that was pre-pandemic, that did, like, remarkably well. And that was the similar time frame. So that's why I'm still a little bit puzzled, like, when I saw the first few crowds for some of those prelim games, it was kind of like, it was jarring to look at. It was like bubble hockey again. Yeah. yeah but I mean, last night I was in a suite. Thank you again, Hockey Canada. With some of uh, their executives were there, uh, and it was just, they look at the crowd and they're just, eh, what are we going to do? 
Like we're playing this tournament for the kids. We, we yeah. want to get it done. And uh, but they also would like to win it. And I guess you see, I know how much coverage Daily Faceoff is doing on the World Juniors per se, but some are saying this could be the greatest World Junior team for Canada ever. No, it's not at all. But they could go unbeaten. And that's a yeah. great goal to have. Yeah, they could go unbeaten. And there's still some positive storylines from it. And you mentioned it, playing it for the kids, right? And yeah. watching Czechia do what they did last night was awesome. Seeing their reactions is great. Watching the reactions in the room of Latvia and then seeing the individual performances from a guy like Mason McTavish. What he's doing, like if this was, again, I'll say normal world juniors in air quotes, if he was doing this in a December world juniors, there would be statues of him around the country. Like, oh, yeah. remarkable. He's a household name and he hasn't played one NHL game yet. Yeah, like the Ducks That's have a pretty good cool. one there. Um, yeah. He's, yeah, he's remarkable. So it's for me, it's tough to talk about the Connor Bedard thing because I'm such a huge fan. What is your read on it? And I'm sure you followed the fact that he was benched Monday yeah. in the win over Finland. Nobody wanted to say it, particularly the TSN crew, but the fact is he was. And then in the quarterfinal, he was held pointless in a lot of ways. I thought he looked confused and lost out there for the first time since I've been watching him. This is his, well, he'll have another World Juniors before his draft, yeah. but they're still being watched. He's being watched very closely. Yeah. What do you think about his play in this tournament? Yeah, I, I thought the lack of ice time was a little bit surprising, especially in games where you're probably going to win them. I, I felt like that's maybe a situation where you let a guy like that try to play through whatever he's going through, whether it's a mental hurdle or whatever. I, I'm surprised they didn't give him a little bit more leash at those points because you're not going to give him any leash in a semifinal. You're not going to give him any leash in a gold medal game. And that's a guy who I view as important to get going. Um, but for watching him, you know, obviously I don't watch him as often as you would, but the highs are still so high, like those goals he's been scoring, you know, those are going viral and you're always going to get that with him. But I would Absolutely. imagine there's a few scouts sitting here watching kind of going, that's interesting. Like there's been a little bit too much loading, I think. I, the, I don't mind you saying it because yeah. that word popped into my head this yeah. morning. And, but like when he's at the opposition blue line, when the play's in his own zone, like that's Gretzky style. And maybe one day Connor will be able to do that. I'm not sure he's yet yeah. able to play a Wayne Gretzky style, but I don't know what he's being asked to do. I just think that come these playoff games, uh, the semifinal and the medal round, he still has plenty of opportunity to shine. By the way, Allie Girl is watching in Texas, and she says Mike McKenna is a wealth of hockey knowledge and IQ. Love hearing his takes on things. That's from Allie in Texas. Thank you, Allie, for watching. Um, from Jennifer, she says, good morning, everyone. Although, the, although Canada came out with a win, they look terrible. That performance will not win us the gold. I'm sure they will turn it around, though. That's from Jennifer. Interesting note, 40, 20% of our viewers are in the United States. Almost 40% are female, and they're watching very closely. Um, John in Edmonton has asked multiple times, why is Canada playing at 2 p.m. against Czechia? John, I don't schedule the games. I don't know. Tweet at Hockey Canada. Maybe they can tell you. I, I don't know why they schedule these, this game for 2 o'clock, okay? Please stop asking. Do you think that nerves might have played a role in the game yesterday? I don't know. Like, <laughs> again, if there was 18,000 people in here and they were going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Sweden, like, yeah, maybe. But I, a lot of these kids play major junior. Like, they've played in front of big crowds before. Yeah. And I get that elimination game, world juniors, one of the biggest tournaments you're ever going to play in your life. Like, maybe, but I don't think that should be a reason slash excuse for any sort of poor play well going into the tournament i talked to some parents of the kids and then just as close as i've gotten to the team 
you sense there's a tremendous amount of pressure on it. And I, it, some of it might have been self-manufactured, to be honest. I mean, you talk about playing for their junior teams. Yes, they played in front of big crowds. But wearing that Maple Leaf different comes with yeah. a certain set of expectations. So last one on this. Do you think that the crowds, well, we might have more questions on this, but do you think the crowds will increase significantly by the gold medal game? Yeah, I think so. Another thing, like Canada, a lot of their round-robin games started at four mountain time. So people are work if they're not on holidays and if you're on holidays you're probably not coming down to the ring so i felt that like that really played a big role in it as well i think as we head into a weekend here not a long weekend so people still in town i I think we should see a pretty sizable uptick here and i think the interest as canada kind of keeps rolling on here it should pick up a little bit like i would imagine it's going to be a fairly full house for a gold medal yeah well for all the prairie people that are watching which is our bread and butter for viewership this is a good chance to come watch Connor Bedard live. If there's any other reason, and you mentioned Mason McTavish, who's actually playing better, oh, yeah. but Bedard is the one that's getting all the pub. This is your chance to come in. Uh, Jack in Vulcan, Alberta says, I thought the hit on Ridley Gregg should have been penalized. I don't know. How much did you see that? I thought it was kind of somewhat incidental contact in front of the benches. More of a collision than anything. Double IHF is weird, though. Like the officiating in it, like sometimes oh, yeah. those incidental things do get and sometimes it just gets completely ignored. The one hit that caught my attention was that slew foot in the American game. The Americans have had a few players that have done some fairly greasy things. Did you get the <laughs> sense that everybody's just elated the United States is out? Well, I mean, I I've got a lot of the viewers are American, but I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, we, they get it. <laughs> hey, they, they're hockey fans, yeah. and they understand. And there's nothing wrong, I don't think, with a hockey rivalry that way. Um, John in Edmonton says, I think Connor Bedard had too much pressure going into this tournament because his performance has been weak. From Gino and Okotoks, I ass- uh, you probably know him, uh, yeah. Gino DePali. He says, oh, yeah. I assume because they're the higher seed, they got to pick their semifinal game, and probably the earlier game means more rest for the winner for the gold medal game on Saturday. Thank you for chiming in on that. Tyler's with us for a while. I'm going to switch to the NHL if you don't mind, uh, and you don't. In the Commonwealth Stadium press box Saturday night, I was there for the CFL game. I Somebody said to me, all anybody's waiting for is for the orders to open training camp. This is like the most riddled with anxiety offseason, I think, for a long time for Oilers fans because of what the way last season finished. And I, I think they predict better things this year. I think so. Um, I, they did a really good job of sort of keeping the band together this offseason. I think that was priority number one. They lost Duncan Keith. Um, you know, that's a solid second pairing D-man, I suppose. But you bring back Brett Kulak, you bring back Evander Kane, and for the first time in the Ken Holland era, you shore up the gold ending, which is huge as well. So I think there's a lot of people excited that this is a team finally, finally taking the step into cup content window. There is a little bit of an appetizer of what we'll talk about next segment. Are you good to stick around for one more? Yeah. Uh, sure. What's the breaking news, Clark? He just told me in my ear he's got breaking news. Whoa. Nazem Kadri to the Calgary Flames. I was just wondering this morning what was taking so long. Nazem Kadri, wow, to the Calgary Flames. Uh, listen, we're going to take a time out, and we'll come back and talk about that breaking news with Tyler Uremchek here from the Daily Faceoff. He's all over it. Look at this. We'll be right back to Rogers Place after this timeout. You're watching on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube live streaming, and, of course, 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
It is an off day here in Edmonton at the World Junior Hockey Championship. The semifinals will go on Friday, just ahead of one final. Well, actually, I'll save the sports update till the last segment because I don't want to waste any time with Tyler Uremchuk here from the Daily Faceoff. There's breaking news today. Elliot Friedman reporting that Nazem Kadri is a Calgary flame. And just last night, I was watching all those fan and somewhat quasi-media Twitter accounts out of Calgary looking at the Flames line saying, how are we better than last year? Well, that changed in a hurry, Tyler, this morning. Yeah, it certainly did. Um, so the Flames offseason, they've lost two 100-point players, and yet you might be able to say they're better than they were last year. It's one of the more remarkable off-seasons and one of the more remarkable runs of general managing from Brad Tree Living that I can remember in my time covering the league, being a fan of the league, because what he's done to take a bad situation where two guys say, we don't want to be here anymore. And he flipped that into making the team better. It's crazy. It's really crazy. And, and listen, as a guy who spent 17 weeks in Calgary this spring and summer, I know intimately what those Flames fans are thinking. They're still not over Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk leaving. They're not over how they left, why they left. But I think with Huberto and his long-term extension and now Kadri today, they're going to start getting over it in a hurry. And I say with the 100-point guys, yes, that's stats. But, Tyler, they didn't do anything in the playoffs. Really, they didn't. I know God, uh, Johnny scored the game-winner in Game 7 against Dallas, but he didn't do anything prior to that. And my point is, they've said they didn't want to be there. And that's one. Two, they're not playoff performers. They never have been playoff no. performers. Kadri is. Yeah, I mean, let's go back and watch Stanley Cup Final highlights together and watch that, what, he's OT winner with his hand still broken from the Evander Kane play that happened right over there somewhere yeah. a few months ago. Like, Kadri is exactly that. He's clutch. He's a playoff performer. I worry that his regular season stats from last season were, you know, maybe a bit of a career anomaly. I don't know if he's necessarily doing that again when he's not playing power play minutes with the McKinnons and the Landeskogs, but he's still a darn good top six center, and he brings you that little bit of bite that you lost with Kachuk coming out of your lineup. I agree, and when I look at Kachuk and the way he plays, and gosh knows you've had a front row seat in these BOA battles over the last few years, I said this is the kind of guy that you win with, but they didn't win with Matthew Kachuk. And how long do you wait after six years? Kadri is now proven. He's now proven. And we haven't had any financials on this, have we? No, you're I'm, checking I'm on it. an eye on it. I haven't seen anything yet. Yeah, but so the question I think you kind of rhetorically said in the break to yourself, you were staring in the lights. You're like, are the flames better? <laughs> Did you come to an answer to that? Ah, <laughs> oh, it, it's tough, but I think, so, like, Mackenzie Weger is a top-pairing defenseman. Yes. And, yeah. I mean, granted, he's the one piece not signed out of that deal, but I would imagine Brad Trudeau is going to find a way to get that done if he gets that done. So they've added a top-pairing D-man. They've filled the void in their top six by adding Nazem Kadri down the middle. And Jonathan Huberto is a 100-point guy. I think they are better. I think for a Daryl Sutter coach team as well, beefing up that blue line, it was already before the Weger move. That was easily a top-10 blue line probably a top five blue line in the NHL. And now I think it is without a doubt the best blue line in the NHL. And you still have some firepower up front. And Jacob Markstrom between the pipes, who's you know a perennial top five Vesna guy. So I think they're better than last year. I think Oilers fans have a reason to be nervous. Well, Randy from Winnipeg writes and he says, Kachuk is still the best player out of the four players. Johnny G, Huberto, Kadri. Um, that's a matter of opinion. I would not agree for all the reasons we've just said. And the one thing I was, came up in the luxury suite last night, Kachuk can't skate. I'm like, get 100 points. I don't care. He was able to keep up and he got around the net. But I think that's a little bit of Calgary people just 
trashing Kachuk on his way out of town. Yeah, yeah. You know, talking smack about the ex-girlfriend kind of thing. Yeah, but you um, have been covering the orders in the National Hockey League for, you're only 24, but a long time. Let's yeah. be honest, yeah, a yeah, long time. Yeah. How? So you know what you're talking about with the game. I watched all five games against Calgary, but I'm wondering what your assessment is of why and how they beat the Flames. So handily. Yeah, I, I think that, and Goudreau talked about this with uh, Beat the Net on Spit and Chicklets, but I think the Flames rolling over them in Game 1 the way they did was the worst thing to happen in Calgary. Because like Goudreau said, they thought they were chilling. And they really did. And if you think you're chilling against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, you have another thing coming. And I really do think it was just the Oilers' star power taking over that series. Mark from playing the way he did certainly didn't help. And Edmonton also got the bounces. That's something I talk about a lot when, we're, when I'm teeing up playoff series and things like that is, there's a lot of luck. There's a lot of luck that goes into a series. And you think about Mike Smith giving up that goal in game four here from the other blue line. The air was out of this building. It was turned into a library for the first time in the playoff run. And you're thinking, Calgary just flipped this series right around. And then lo and behold, the puck bounces off Nugent Hopkins' chest, it looked like, right in, onto his stick in the crease. And he flipped the momentum 90 seconds later, whatever it was. And it's like, oh, well, there you go. There's your bounce that you needed to win that series. So it was star power. It was bounces in a way. And calls. Yeah, there, you know? there was some of that as well. Like if the Oilers get the calls, their power play is good enough to single-handedly win them hockey games. Um, so that certainly helped as well. Um, but I will say on the flip side of that, one of the big momentum turners in that series was also a Zach Hyman shorthanded goal, which was a call the Oilers didn't get and they turned into a break themselves. Right. So there's no denying the Oilers, they were the better team in that series. It wasn't as close or it wasn't as big of a gap as a five game series might suggest. And then again, looking at these moves from the Flames, it's like, oh, Battle of Alberta. Oh, it's not going anywhere. That's why people can't wait yeah. for training camps to open. How, um, how criminal is it that the NHL only scheduled them three times against each other this season? Well, they'll meet in the playoffs, so it'll make yeah, up for it. Terry Carrier uh, in the chat says, Goudreau had a, had a good contract year, but the years before, I felt he would disappear at times. Kadri, wow. Good signing, uh, and I would agree with that. Just a couple minutes left, because I know that you're uh, a very I'm to see guy. if the contract details are out yet. I'm, I'm itching to know what they gave Kadri. Uh, Jason and Red Deer says, also rumblings from Kevin Weeks that Sean Monahan will be traded. Take that for what it's worth coming from Kevin Weeks. Well, he would know, but Monahan, I watched a lot of Flames games this year, and he wasn't in a lot of them battling injuries. I don't yeah. think that Sean Monahan is a huge part of what it, the Flames will do moving forward. I will say this about the goaltending. In the two minutes we have left, I'm wondering your thoughts on Jack Campbell, if it's an upgrade, even or downgrade from Mike Smith. The thing I've always said about the Oilers goaltending is that they just need a solid floor. You don't need someone who's going to win the Vesna and be 9.35. You don't need Igor <laughs> Shesterkin. It'd be nice, but the Oilers and the way they're constructed don't necessarily need that. Mike Smith, when he was at his highs, the last six weeks of the regular season, he was like 9.28, statistically one of the best goalies in the NHL. It is great when Mike Smith at his highs. When Miko Koskinen can be used as a legitimate backup who plays once every eight games, or sorry, I should say once every six games, he's fine as well. But the issue for the Oilers was when Koskinen got overworked, he was bad. When Mike Smith was at his lows, he cost you hockey games. What I think they have now with Campbell and with Skinner, because I'm very high on Stuart Skinner, is just a higher floor. You know, Campbell's lows are not going to be quite as lows as Mike Smith's lows, and maybe his highs won't be his highs either. But if the Oilers just get consistent 9-10 to 9-15 goaltending, they're going to win a lot of hockey. 
You see, the kid is good. Tell them again where they can watch your stuff at Daily Faceoff and read. Uh, DailyFaceoff.com, OilersNation.com is where my content kind of lives, and also the Nation Network and Daily Faceoff on YouTube as well. All right, Todd, appreciate you coming down, man. Appreciate you. Todd, are you? Yeah, absolutely. Finally, we'll be back with a sports update after this. Lee Genier coming up next hour. We are watching, or sorry, we're live from Rogers Place on Game Plus TV. YouTube Live, and you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Okay, we are back at Rogers Place, which it has been the epicenter of NHL and hockey news for some time. Hockey news specifically with the World Jays, but we have amazing breaking news from down highway number two in Calgary. Nazem Kadri is the newest member of the Calgary Flames. Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman reports. Terms of the contract were not immediately known, but our viewers telling us that Darren Dreger's reporting it says seven year deal for Nazem Kadri, who won the Stanley Cup this off season or this past season with the Colorado Avalanche. He was a much coveted unrestricted NHL free agent. The center collected a career high 87 points in 71 games this past season, adding another 15 points in 16 playoff games. I know that we've got some time uh, in hour 2 to maybe dig up a Flames analyst and get him on the air, Clark. Maybe well, Lou probably couldn't get down here in time, but what this does for the Calgary Flames, like it's, I was looking at the lines last night. It's a good lineup. Is it as good as what ended last year? It is now. It absolutely is now with a proven playoff performer and a Stanley Cup champion in Nazem Kadri. So huge news out of Calgary today in the National Hockey League. And more breaking news from the NFL. Deshaun Watson has reached a settlement with the NFL and will serve an 11-game suspension and pay a $5 million fine rather than risk missing his first season as quarterback of the Cleveland Browns following accusations of sexual misconduct. Watson was accused of sexual assault and harassment by two dozen women while he played for the Houston Texans. The league had sought to ban him for at least one year for violating its personal conduct policy. 11 games, $5 million for Deshaun Watson. That came down today. Baseball, the Toronto Blue Jays hit the road today for the start of a four-game series against the New York Yankees. The Jays are coming off a 6-1 win over Baltimore Wednesday night. The Bronx Bombers sit first in the American League. He's 10 games up on the Jays. Righty Jose Barrios will start for the Jays, while the Yankees send Frankie Montas to the hill. Both teams are 3-7 and seven in their past 10. Meanwhile, Team Canada has a day off. Ahead of Friday's semifinals here at the World Juniors in Edmonton, Canada will play a surprising Cheshire squad in Friday's first semifinal after the Czechs upset the USA, the defending champions 4-2 on Wednesday night. Canada advanced to the semis with a 6-3 win over Switzerland. Rivals Finland and Sweden square off in the other semifinal. The winners will meet for gold on Saturday night. And LeBron James has agreed to a two-year, $97.1 million contract extension with the Los Angeles Lakers. The maximum deal includes a player option for the 2024-25 season that would keep LeBron with the Lakers past his 40th birthday. Barring injury, the four-time NBA champion is likely to surpass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the NBA's career scoring king this winter. 
This sports update for Edo Japan with freshly made food and high-quality ingredients. Edo Japan is food you can feel good about. And for Dark Horse Bets, it's Woodbine's easy-to-use betting app that brings the excitement of live stream horse races right to you. It's AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Now you have the opportunity to bet on the 163rd running of the $1 million Queen's Plate this Sunday, August 21st. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com, available for Android and Apple devices. So what a day. It's a day off here at the World Juniors. What do you got, Clark? Love it. Ryan Leslie will be joining us from Rogers Sportsnet Flames broadcast. Ryan Leslie will join us to talk about this massive news. Nazem Kadri is a Calgary Flame. Uh... <laughs> Oleg in Winnipeg says he's getting really excited every day that goes by with absolutely nowhere else to play. Jet legend Paul Stastny gets closer to re-signing with Winnipeg. I don't know. I literally woke up this morning and thought, what is taking Kadri so long? Who knew that today would be the day that Nazem Kadri signs with the Calgary Flames? They will literally be popping champagne corks in Calgary today because I'm sure they would have to agree they're a better team now than they were just a few months ago. Jennifer, regarding the uh, Edmonton Oilers goaltending situation, Jennifer at the fourth season says, I will reserve my judgment on Campbell at Christmas time. Spoken like a true Oiler fan right there. I'll believe it when I see it, is what she's saying. Phyllis in Winnipeg says, wow, that is great news. Are you referring to Nazem Kadri to uh, Calgary, Phyllis? I would assume so. I guess they don't play in the same, t- same division, so that's good news as a Winnipeg Jets fan. From Jason and Red Deer says, the RP show, breaking news and interviews on the fly. Rightly? Absolutely. Lee Jenny is going to jump in here an hour or two and join me for probably a tag team interview with one Ryan Leslie. I haven't even opened up the text line today and see what's popping in there. You could write us right in our set here at the World Juniors, 902-518-3033. Uh, from now until the rest of the show, um, Brady in Saskatoon says, Hey, Rod, Team Cheshire pulled. Last minute of play in hour one. Last minute. Says, hey, Rod, Team Cheshire pulls off the upset against Team USA. That's why I love men's hockey. Nowadays, it's become a competition. Disappointing that Canada plays at 2 o'clock. Bedard has been rather underwhelming this world, juniors. That's Brady's thoughts. From Stephen in North Dakota, uh, Minot. Stephen in Minot, North Dakota. Can I acquire tickets to an American juniors game? Christmas 2022? What do we look like, Ticketmaster? They're asking us, Lee, why the game's at 2 p.m. Friday. They're asking us how to buy USA World Junior tickets. We're not Ticketmaster. We're not in charge of the draw. Ryan Leslie to talk about Nazan Kadri to the Flames right after this timeout here on Game Plus TV. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.